Hello, hello, everyone. Good to have you here. Wow, uh, some interesting stories. We've got real news to cover, but there's some funny stuff going on, too. You may have seen the headline of this show. Fox News' Jesse Waters is threatening some kind of legal action or police action or authority action against Joy Behar. Um, there's a, a nutcracker involved. <laughs> Need I say more? Anyway, we'll get into all of that. It's really good to have you here. We get to talk about this wokeism that is really plaguing corporate America because Target's back at it. Oops, we did it again. This time with a whole pride line, uh, again, with the pride thing, and time to Christmas. So we'll, we'll talk about the business implications of that, because I think that's what sort of gets lost in this. It's like not about whether one is being fair or charitable or empathetic enough. It's like, okay, if I'm a shareholder in this company, am I going to make money based off of whatever, you know, their latest wokest agenda happens to be at any given period? Disney, the same kind of thing happening there. Wow. Disney share prices. I'm going to show you. It's just amazing when you look at the stock and you compare it to, say, just a couple of years ago. Fox News, by the way, speaking of stock prices, you look at the Class B shares of Fox News and you get a similar thing going on where I think people have just sort of said, okay, we've had it. I mean, that plus some of these media companies are on their way out the door. Reminder to subscribe. Subscribe to the show if you haven't already. But Target is being just roasted again for this pride line. It's like they just can't learn their lesson. I'm going to share with you part of my interview from the former vice chairman of Target. And even he's like, okay, you know, like sometimes you just kind of got to understand who you're marketing to. Bud Light, Bud Light needed to understand who they were marketing to. I've got an update on that story for you too. Wonderful to have you here. As always, I want to remind you that portions of the show are brought to you by LegacyPMInvestments.com, 1-866-589-0560. That is their number. If you're interested in investing in gold or silver, go check them out, 1-866-589-0560. You know how worried I am about inflation. I don't know if you share those worries, but there's a lot of different ways that you can diversify. And I'm not necessarily going to pick just one here, but a lot of people tend to like precious metals, specifically gold, and it's part of their diversification strategy. So without being your financial advisor, I would just say you should give them a call, check them out, see what kind of strategies they do offer. And you can do it actually online as well, the entire thing online. Okay. Wow. So Jesse Waters over at Fox News, who took over for Tucker, he's a little, you know, perturbed that the lady at The View, Joy Behar, decided to go after him in, in kind of a, a weird, perverse sort of way, shall I say. Um, we'll get to that in a second, but I've got to back up. Well, let me, I'm going to give you a sneak preview, right? Why not? Why not? I'll give you a sneak preview, but I'm going to back up and tell you why this is all happening. Last week on Primetime, we told you about the gay nutcracker. It's on sale at Target for eight bucks. If you want it, buy it. Go ahead. Target can sell whatever they want, and I can talk about whatever I want. Indeed. But The View didn't like what I was talking about. They threatened to crack my nuts. It's a complex idea to get your mind around, Mr. Waters. Okay, all right. So we'll watch the whole thing because it's actually really, really, really funny. But um, before we do, let's go through what Target is doing. Quick reminder, everyone, if you have not subscribed to the channel, do me that favor. We've been just 
exploding with growth. It's thanks to you. I am here live. I'm looking at all of your comments as they come in. So thank you for that. But do me the favor of liking the video, subscribing, commenting, not just in the live chat, but below as well. Here we go. Target somehow, you know, didn't take enough pain with its whole Pride Month last June. It decided to repurpose things. Maybe they had some extra inventory hanging around. Repurpose things this Christmas. They are introducing, here you go, a um, proud Santa. Proud, proud Santa. 80 bucks for those of you that would like one. $80. It's part of their new Pride line for Christmas. Hey, you know what? Like if, if you want to be proud and you want to celebrate that with Santa, you can, you can do that. They also have a proud Huh. Nutcracker. Yeah. (laughs) I got to get a picture of that one for you guys. That is the one to see. Let me see if I can find that because, well, that kind of takes the cake, right? Can we find that? Oh, no, that's just Santa. More Santa. So we've got the proud Santa and then we've got, drum roll, the proud Nutcracker. This is the proud Nutcracker on sale right now at Target. I mean, it's kind of funny. <laughs> but at the same time, you just say, oops, they did it again. How are people going to respond to the proud Nutcracker or the proud Santa? Or, well, then there's this, this is kind of interesting. And Jesse Waters pointed this one out on his show. Apparently they have a disabled Santa. Take a look. <laughs> So Santa's in a wheelchair at Target now because, you know, they want to be very inclusive. I believe that Santa is also black. Um, Hey, you know, you you do you. Great, great. Let's let's see if we can get a a closer shot here. Okay, so this is Target putting Santa in the wheelchair and um, changing his historical skin color. So whatever. All right, I'm going to ignore all that, right? We don't even have to get into whether you agree with any of this. I'm just going to say, because I've been a business reporter my entire career, and you know how much I care about markets, economics, capitalism. Like, What's the company doing? Like, what, what point is it trying to make? It's clearly got something to prove, and it's got something to prove because it wants to keep the ESG, DEI, CRT crowd very, very happy. And yet sometimes you run the risk when you try and keep those folks happy of losing money because you offend your customers and you start to lose customers. And that's what we saw when they went forward with the, uh, what did they call it? (laughs) The tuck friendly swimsuit. I mean, it's a, I mean, Hey, the Santa, he's got nothing on the tuck friendly swimsuit just to be very clear, although the, the, the nutcracker. <laughs> oh my goodness. Anyway, Alex Stein went and did this awesome, awesome piece and he went into Target and he tried this swimsuit on so that you and I didn't have to. I'm going to show you a clip from him on his channel right here. This is not, you guys see this? It's tuck friendly. You see? He's talking about the tuck-friendly swimsuit. He wants to make sure it's really tuck-friendly. We're at Target checking out their tuck-friendly pride collection. That's right, guys. Extra crotch coverage, tuck-friendly construction. Thank you, Target. 
No, it is. I don't think this is a tucky one. Yeah, it is. Look. He's like, it's oh. tuck friendly. It's tuck friendly. Anyway, he does tuck this whole thing, and it's actually really hysterical. Even the salespeople are laughing at it. It's just bizarre, right? What, what was Target thinking back then? And then, like, who's okay with the the proud nutcracker thing? I mean, like, the, the imagery, right? The imagery that that inspires, <laughs> dare I say. Look, I mean, this is a company whose stock price has just been getting killed. Take a look here. This is a, from today's, you know, $131.88. If you look at it, though, over the course of the last year, it had been back in February of last year, or actually just this year, February of this year, up around 180 bucks. So it's lost quite a bit of ground. It's recovered a little bit since the depths of June when it, it had its real issues. And I think there was some $12 billion in market cap that was lost back then. Anyway, I spoke with Gerald Storch. At that time, during the thick of it, when they were dealing with, you know, the tuck-friendly swimsuit and all that kind of thing, he's the guy who was the vice chairman at the company. So big, 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 big job, kind of running the show there. He had a lot of complaints about Target, including the messiness in the aisles. Um, But he said this is sort of a phenomenon that's really a problem, that Bud Light clearly didn't understand its customer and that, you know, Target was risking some stuff as well. Here, I want you to take a look at this. This is Gerald Storch, former vice chairman of Target, about the issue. And so there's nothing wrong with trying to expand your audience. Just think about how you're doing that. And so what they did in the process was they offended their core audience. You know, mm-hmm. in a, in a, it appears a very uh, way that has had more legs than I think a lot of people thought it might. You know, it continues to this day. So so that was a fundamental sort of almost, I hate to use it, it's almost like marketing malpractice. You know, they weren't thoughtful about how they were going after their, their segments and, and how to do that uh, overall. In the, case, in the case of Target, Target has been offering pride merchandise for a very long time and has been, like many retailers, an active uh, 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 supporter of uh, Pride Month. And it's not just Target. Walmart has a big Pride display. So does Kohl's. So does, so does Macy's. So does, so does Penny's. Almost every retailer does this. And Target's mm-hmm. been doing it for a long time. It feels like in this case, maybe they didn't vet the products quite as carefully as they had in the past or as other mm-hmm. retailers are doing, just to make sure they understood what was offensive to people and what wasn't. Uh, when you go there, do they, do they typically vet them? I mean, I'm curious about that. Like, what would be the sure, process? Vet, like, well, when you were there, you could vet every product. We have we have line reviews where you go through every product and you talk about them. And this, it, not just in this area, it could be in almost any area. You could say, well, that's a little too much. You know, you went too far with that one, where mm-hmm. where people are always trying to push the boundaries of uh, of of what's in and what's out. And and we make decisions about this in all kinds of areas, not just in this 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 area, but but whether, you know, related to anything that could potentially be controversial, you think through it, whether or not. It's really worth it because we want to love everybody. You have love for for people on on you know sort of on all sides of an issue. See, for that guys, I mean, so, Jerry's so. making the point that you want to vet stuff and make sure you're not gonna really tick off your base customer, right? And it better be worth it if you're gonna do that. You may think, okay, we're gonna get some PR out of this, some kind of positive spin, but given where the world is right now, given how upset people have gotten. I don't know how much positive spin you're going to get from all of this, really. I mean, you know who found that one out the hard way? Bud Light. We'll get to that in a second. But there's more bad Target news. Take a look at this. So um, did you guys go shopping after Thanksgiving, the Black Friday thing? You know how everybody goes out and tries to get the, the good deals, and Target was really proud of some of the good deals that they had, allegedly. I'm trying to find this video for you because this is just great. They um, they said they had all these deals, but apparently they didn't really quite 
have these deals. And this is something that a lot of people on social media started to notice. They're like, wait a second. So if you just peel back the sticker, guess what? You're going to find out that the price was actually the same, or maybe it was even less. So the special Black Friday price that they're telling you it's on sale for, that's just, you know, a bunch of baloney. Kind of makes you think there's some false advertising going on. Here, let's take a look. So these are the, uh, this is the story that TMZ reported on because they had all these TikTok videos showing people that were questioning what was really going on. Here's something for $429 allegedly, but then you see the other price or maybe the $30 and the $25. And you can see that they stick the $30 over the $25 sticker price. So they actually upped the price by five bucks. It was not, you know, a special discount for Black Friday. And so consequently, they're in a little bit of hot water and this whole thing went viral. I mean, this company is like, just it just keeps stepping in it. I want to share with you what the company is saying because they responded to this. They actually told TMZ that a recent TikTok video showed a guest questioning if there was a sale on three Samsung TVs that had both a Black Friday sale sign. Remember the Black Friday sale sign as well as a sale sign behind it indicating the same price. And they went on to explain that, you know, in, in these instances, people would have saved the same amount between $20 and $80, depending on which TV they purchased, blah, blah blah, blah. Here's the kicker. This is what they did say, which I found really, really interesting. They said, this is the target rep, quote, we know our guests, call them guests. We know our guests are looking for flexibility when they shop holiday deals, which is why we began Black Friday deals in late October. Wow. That's interesting. And we'll continue offering great discounts throughout the holiday season. We also offer a price match guarantee so you can be assured that you'll get the deal. But in other words, there's no such thing as Black Friday anymore. I don't know. Like, why? where's Lena Khan in the FTC? Like, somebody ought to go after that, right? Because that's not so much fun. But anyway, back to Jesse Waters and Joy Behar. Jesse Waters is threatening... Huh. You could say legal action, right, or police action, or maybe a restraining order on Joy Behar because Joy got a little carried away and a little bit extra angry because Jesse took issue with these nutcrackers. Yeah, the, the Pride Christmas nutcracker figurine he kind of thought that was a little over the top and pointed that out on his show. And Joy didn't like that, nor did any of the ladies at The View. So take a look at this clip. I want you to see Jesse responding to some of the criticism and the threats that Joy Behar made. Last week on Primetime, we told you about the gay nutcracker. It's on sale at Target for 8 bucks. If you want it, buy it. Go ahead. Target can sell whatever they want, and I can talk about whatever I want. But The View didn't like what I was talking about. They threatened to crack my nuts. It's a complex idea to get your mind around, Mr. Waters. But does Fox News understand that not every human being is heterosexual and Caucasian? <laughs> and this is the culprit right here. This is the offensive How rainbow. Dare he. And it's he's pretty. much prettier. You, you put your pretty. nut in there. He can put his nut in there <laughs> and squeeze it. Jesse wanted, you have a dirty mind. Because you're thinking it's about sex, it's just about pride. Well, primetime takes every threat seriously. Expect us to file a report. And we may be forced to file a restraining order against her, too. And under New York's red flag law. 
We've asked the police to confiscate all of Joy's nutcrackers. <laughs> Way to go, Jesse. You know what? I know Fox has its issues, but I've always liked him. I get a kick out of him. And that was just priceless. <laughs> we take these issues seriously. And we have asked the New York City police to confiscate all of Joy's nutcrackers. <laughs> Anyway, it's great. Anyway, so Target is facing, you know, this backlash, clearly. You know, one of the things that Target is getting criticized for, and I'm reading for you from the New York Post headline, it says Target under fire for sexualizing Christmas with Pride Santa, is that, you know, we don't really think of Santa as one way or the other, right? Like, I prefer not to even think about Santa in that way. I I guess there's Mrs. Claus, but, you know, this is just not a good image. So we don't really go there. And yet Target went there <laughs> in a whole other way. So that's sort of the, the point, that you don't need to introduce this. It, 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 it's just like, it's just Santa, okay? Can, can we just, like, agree not to have some kind of... Can, can he just be asexual, right? <laughs> some, some, some sexuality to Santa, thank you very much. Just saying. Anyway, way to go, Jesse. And yeah, I I think that Joy needs to get it under control. I really do. I I just don't understand why why this is so important to the company to just keep pushing it and pushing it and pushing it and pushing it. Like at some point, don't you care about your stock price target? Don't you care that you've been losing sales, that your company is struggling? Have you not learned anything? Anything at all from, oh, I don't know, the the marketing folks at Bud Light, remember them? Well, you know, she, Alyssa Heinerschneid, she she took the cake. She was the one who told us that it was really, you know, all about reinventing the beer. It was America's number one beer, by the way. Reinventing it and that we had to make it less fratty and more current and with it, blah, blah, blah. And then she introduced Dylan. Mulvaney, and that really did not go over well. And it's still not going over well because I want to say that was back in early April. And now here we are going into the Christmas season and the company's sales in the last quarter for AB InBev, that's the parent company of Bud Light, down 29%. So they just announced that they were parting ways with their head of marketing who had come in in 2021. So kind of a brief stay for him. He's going to leave at the end of the year spend more time with his family, that kind of thing, take new opportunities, all of that. But it's like, wow, guys, I mean, it took you that long. And by the way, in the interim, this guy was coming up with all kinds of new marketing campaigns, none of which, by the way, were working, none of which could salvage the damage that had been done. Just billions of dollars in market cap being wiped out because there was such a focus on being woke, 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 woke. And so when you start to forget who you're really there for. And I'm sorry, but it's the shareholders. I mean, you can, you can be nice, but there's still this little thing called capitalism. And the reason people invest in your company and buy your stock is because they expect a return. And if your stock price doesn't go up because your agenda is over here in left field, then guess what? They're not going to continue to invest in your company. And that's exactly what we've seen with so many of these organizations. Target, Anheuser-Busch, also known as AB InBev, by the way, not even an American company anymore. It was a conglomerate from overseas in Europe and Brazil, blah, blah, blah. They bought Budweiser, and now it's AB InBev. Fox News even, like, look, you know, kudos to Jesse for that one. But Fox 
has gotten sort of tangled in its own struggles. You look at the stock price there for Fox News. Let me see if I can pull it up for you. Okay, this is from today, $28.21 a share. Just look back in 2021 where it was. So this was like during the, the height of, well, this was a year after March 2020. So in 21, they were trading at 40 bucks a share. You can see it hit back at 40 multiple times. This is Class B shares because the family mainly owns Class A. But I mean, they're struggling. Why are they struggling? Well, multiple, I mean, they, they don't really, I think, have a, an articulated view on what the future of media is. So they're stuck in that legacy media category rather than being over here interacting with all of you. That's a good reminder to subscribe. If you have not subscribed to this channel, we are here live every single day. I love having you guys. I see a lot of new faces, so I welcome you. Make sure that you do subscribe. Share this, like it, comment, do all of those things because it really, really does help. This is all what you call old-fashioned organic growth. Really, just viewer, viewer by viewer, we are building every single one of you. So thank you. But yeah, D Disney is another example of a company that has just gotten too woke for its own good. Disney was once the kind of company that could just print money. And it evoked a wholesomeness, family values, et cetera. And then all of a sudden it found itself embattled with Ron DeSantis down in Florida and just sort of taken away by a political agenda that has nothing to do with really their, the audience's base view, right? People that go and they, they go to the theme park, they, they don't want to have like rainbow Mickey's. They may have no problem with it. They may not like it. I, it doesn't matter. It just means that it's no longer about like going and having a good time with your family and getting to meet Mickey Mouse. It's about something else. And that's where people are like, okay, I've had enough. I don't want to deal with it. And so consequently, this is a company that had everything in the world going for it, was faltering, faltering, faltering. Part of that was just bad leadership from the old CEO, or rather, I guess the, the, there were two Bobs. We're, we're now on Bob 2.0 because it was Bob Iger and then Bob Chapek. Bob Iger comes back into the house and Bob Iger is trying to salvage this place, but he's struggling. He's struggling so much that the company had to reference it in its SEC filing. Think about that. I'm going to show you this. So, you know, it's got its SEC filing, its annual report that came out in late September of this year. And they had to admit that, you know what, they're not always in line with what their audience may think. So this is a company, mind you, that has lost a reported billion dollars on four of its recent woke movie flops. And now it's having to put off things like Snow White the woke Snow White remake because, well, they've already allegedly spent some $330 million and production is being postponed and they've had all kinds of problems with the actress saying things that not everybody likes. And so if you read that annual report, what it tells you is, quote, we face risks relating to a misalignment with public and consumer tastes and preferences for our entertainment, travel, and consumer products. Huh? What do you know? There's a misalignment. You see, the, the woke management at Disney thinks that everybody's going to want one thing. And then it turns out, you know what? They don't. They don't want that. No, no, no. So there's a misalignment going on between what we think should work and what actually works. <laughs> they go on to say, 
consumers' perceptions of our position on matters of public interest, including our efforts to achieve certain of our environmental and social goals, often differ widely and present risks to our reputations and to our brand. Wow. Okay, then, you know what? I don't think I need to invest in Disney because you guys are, like, mad because you're like, oh, gosh, you know, the consumers think we should be like this, but really we're like this. And that's creating a problem. And that's why we're not being valued properly. No, you're not being valued properly because people don't want your products because you know what? You're stuffing it down their throats. Like Bud Light tried to get everybody to drink their beer that was being marketed by someone who really didn't represent, shall we say, the base customer of Anheuser-Busch and Bud Light. And the same thing's happening there with Disney. What's amazing to me is how tolerant the markets have been of this. I mean, tolerant and not tolerant, because take a look at this stock price. Okay, here we go. So this is Disney. It's trading at like 95 bucks a share today. But if you look at it over a five-year time horizon, look at that. It used to be up around, oh, it used to be up around like $200. I mean, so that's actually really quite telling. They just can't figure their way out of this. So they are like half the value that they used to be over at Disney right now. I'm not surprised. I'm just surprised that they're surprised. And I'm surprised that Wall Street isn't waking up to this. I mean, have we yet to have any analyst on Wall Street say, I'm going to rate Anheuser-Busch, A, B, and Bev a sell? It took months for any analyst to even just call it a hold. And that was the HSBC guys. They're not even an American bank. That came. They're afraid. You understand. They're really, really afraid. But the proof is in the pudding, so to speak, in that consumers aren't buying what these companies are selling. And therein lies the problem. You know, Jonathan Turley, who's a, a really smart guy, um, he's a professor of public interest law over at George Washington University. He wrote a really interesting piece on Adam Smith in the Hill this weekend. And I loved it because it was celebrating Adam Smith, who was, you know, the, the invisible hand, sort of the godfather of capitalism. And Adam Smith would have been 300 years old this past June. And he's like, can you imagine what Adam Smith must think of this? And it's true. I can't imagine. It's like we're completely losing our way. What happened to our capitalist principles that made us the most successful economy and therefore on earth, therefore giving us the highest standard of living? We're, we're too embarrassed. We're too ashamed. We have to apologize for ourselves. We're not good enough. I'll tell you, you're going you're gonna to run into some real problems. You know, we, we've already effectively won this war. The West has succeeded. But because the West is consumed with this sort of self-loathing that is apparent everywhere, in school, in pop culture, we're going to have many, many more problems to come if we don't get a handle on it. I do like to believe that Adam Smith will ultimately prevail because I think that investors are now forcing this issue. I mean, even Larry Fink, who's like the godfather of it all over BlackRock, he, he's admitting that, you know, maybe they got a little too carried away. And then, of course, there's this. Joe Biden himself, he's skipping the climate summit. This is like his prime time. What's going on, Joe? skipping it on Thursday it was supposed to be happening in Dubai. You know, all the UN folks are gathering there. And didn't Joe tell us that the climate was the ultimate threat to society? 
And that was the biggest political issue of all time. And now he's got the opportunity to go and be the big kahuna at the shindig in Dubai, and he's not going. Why is that? Now, I know a lot of you are going to say, oh, you know, he's too frail, he's too that. I don't think so. I think this is actually, I worry that this is actually probably security related, just knowing what I know about the inner workings there. And I question whether maybe some people felt that Dubai was a a tough place to have the American president right now in light of everything that's going on. Now, he's saying he's got a chance at really negotiating some kind of peace deal between Israel and the Middle East. But I'll, I'll be honest on this. I really I'm thrilled. I'm absolutely thrilled that they're getting some of the hostages out. And everybody's like, yay, yay, Hamas, like they're releasing hostages. And I'm like, hey, wait a second. Don't forget who took them, right, in the first place. We're here where we are because of Hamas and because of the hate that Hamas has bred. Well, there's a story in the Daily Mail today saying that Joe Biden was on an apology tour with a whole bunch of Palestinian American leaders. He had to save face, you see, after just a few weeks ago, he said this when referring to Palestine Hamas's numbers on the casualties. Let's take a listen. This is what he had to apologize for, sort of getting down on two knees, begging forgiveness because he said this. You've previously asked Netanyahu to minimize civilian casualties. Do these numbers say to you that he is ignoring that message? What they say to me is I have no notion that the Palestinians are telling the truth about how many people are killed. I'm sure innocents have been killed, and it's the price of waging a war. I think we should be incredibly careful. I think not we, the Israelis should be incredibly careful to be sure that they're focusing on going after the folks that are the pro- pro- propagating this war against Israel. And, uh, and it's against their interest when that doesn't happen. But I have no confidence in the number that the Palestinians are using. Yeah, um, I don't have any confidence in that number either. What was amazing to me was how the mainstream media immediately, remember when the, the hospital was attacked, the Palestine hospital by the Palestinians because they misfired their rocket and almost instantaneously you had everybody out, you know, the BBC, the people on CNN, MSNBC saying, oh, you know, the Israelis, you know, they, they kind of make things up. And they were immediately coming down on Israel, assuming that, of course, that Israel certainly had done this. And Israel's like, no, 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 no. And it turned out they had tapes. They had audio recordings, which I played for you. The IDF had of, of the soldiers saying, oh, my gosh, like, I can't believe we did this. We really screwed up. We actually fired this on our own hospital. Well, it, it, it's just shocking how quickly the media internationally was willing to believe Hamas over Israel. And I find that really, really disturbing. So I was I was heartened that the president actually said what he did right there. And yet, and yet, ladies and gentlemen, that was short lived because you know what? Apparently there's political consequences to this stuff. Yeah, those political consequences come by way of he's not getting quite the uh, traction that he would like with the base right now. The base, they're not loving him because, well, you know, they can't be so enthused. They can't be so enthused because he's not sticking up for brown people enough. This is literally, I'm going to play you Jamal Brown, making this threat 
on MSNBC, and Jamal is an MSNBC contributor. Here he is. This is why Biden is now apologizing to everyone. Watch. People of color are disengaged. Muslims are disengaged. The Arab community is vehemently, excuse me, upset at the president's handling of what's happening in Gaza. So now there's a story out that the Daily Mail has that Biden went around and apologized to all of these people that were Palestinian-American in these private sessions, like the meeting was supposed to take a certain amount of time, and it took much, much longer. I'm going to quote for you. He said, reportedly, I'm sorry, I'm disappointed in myself. So this is Joe Biden, according to the Daily Mail, secretly apologizing to a group of Muslim Americans for casting what is called excessive skepticism on the number of Palestinian deaths released by Gaza's Hamas-run Ministry of Health. (laughs) I mean, think about that. It's so sad. It's so sad that he's so obsessed with what Rashida thinks and Ilhan Omar and... Bowman, the, the, the fire alarm guy. Remember, he's the one that kept pulling the fire alarm, or I guess he did it once, that we know about. The cameras caught him. He didn't want the actual budget vote to happen, so, you know, he acted like a little fifth grader. Actually, I think most fifth graders wouldn't pull something like that. You got to be penalized. Anyway, I'm just saying, like, this is, this is their MO now. So he's sorry for having said that maybe Hamas would exaggerate things. And then, of course, Kamala's response immediately after we found out that all the Jewish students were being attacked on campuses all over the country, she said this. People in our nation, the past few days and weeks have brought about all too familiar fears, fears that they will be targeted, profiled or attacked simply because of who they are, how they worship or how they look. And so today, I am proud to announce the Biden-Harris administration will develop our nation's first national strategy to counter Islamophobia. This strategy will be a comprehensive and detailed plan to protect Muslims and those perceived to be Muslim. Okay, and now she's going to point over and over again to the tragedy in Vermont. So over the weekend, three Palestinian students, I think one went to Brown, one went to Trinity, one went to another great school, all U.S. schools, were in Vermont and were reportedly attacked by someone with a gun. And that is horrific. It should never happen. That's wrong. But unfortunately, that is the story that you're going to see again and again and again and again. I mean, the poor kid at, at Harvard who was just walking across campus and was intimidated and surrounded by a group of pro-Palestinians, including the editor of Harvard Law Review, like that didn't go anywhere. In fact, that kid like is still on Law Review. And when you think about what happened and, and the hatred that was being spotted at University of Pennsylvania, I mean, all over the country, I have a friend whose kid is at Stanford and the, the janitor's having to scrub the graffiti the anti-Jewish graffiti off of the walls at night. I mean, this is just so insanely wrong, but you're only going to hear one side of it because it goes along with what's happening in corporate America, right? Disney can't figure out why its interests aren't aligned with its customers. Target can't figure out why everyone doesn't want to 
a proud nutcracker. All right, you got to admit, that's funny. <laughs> it just is. Um, and, and, you know, Bud Light's like, well, well, why shouldn't we have Dylan Mulvaney market our stuff? And spend seven months trying new campaigns with the former head of marketing that like okayed all this anyway. I mean, it's like, guys, you know what? It's not working. And by the way, it wasn't even broken to begin with. You had the number one beer in America. Disney, you were the number one entertainment company. Fox News, you were the number one network. I mean, you probably still are. But it's still not saying much. It's not saying much because actually, if you look at those numbers, they are nothing compared to what Tucker was getting and probably not even compared to what O'Reilly was getting, who was a really terrific broadcaster. I mean, all of those guys were. So you've got this fear factor where everybody's trying to appease, 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 appease. You know what? They tried that before in World War II. It didn't work out so well, right? Eventually, we had to step in and use some muscle. I'm just saying, enough with the appeasement, okay? Like, Forget it. Your job as a company is to make money. Okay, so within reason, I'm not saying that capitalism is perfect, but it sure as heck beats the alternative. Let's be very clear. We need to get rid of this socialist mentality that is going to ruin America. It will ruin our standard of living. It will ruin our opportunities to have family and love in our lives. I'm telling you, you just look at Black Lives Matter. What was on their original charter? To destroy the nuclear family. This Marxist movement is all about division. But America doesn't want to be divided. America wants to be united as one nation under God. It's going to make me want to say the Pledge of Allegiance. Do they, do they still say that in school now? I'm not sure. If the public schools still say that, maybe you guys can answer. Maybe it depends on the state, right? I'll tell you, this is not a good direction. I want to thank again our wonderful sponsors. You know, Charles is coming on the show next week, LegacyPMInvestments.com. If you're interested in investing in gold because you're worried about the future, this is the team to call, one 589 I highly recommend you give them a ring and just hear Hear what the opportunities are. I also would love it if you would subscribe to this show. I want to go out to some of your comments right now and just see what you are having to say about all this. I recognize Leslie, who is uh, reminding us that <laughs> BLM bought a lot of mansions. Yes, Leslie. Patrice Colors, somehow she had everyone in her family, like on the board of this thing, making plenty of money. I think the brother has had a security. Her sister had some gig. Her girlfriend had some gig. I mean, my goodness, you know, a very incestuous little lot. And yes, they invested in real estate, you know, and then, um, well, now they're like on the verge of bankruptcy because everybody's figured out, you know, their intentions were not quite what people thought. It's really remarkable. I mean, Black Lives Matter, I think, really sent the whole country in this crazy direction. People had all this energy. It was that pent-up demand. They had been sitting at home. The weather started getting better. All of a sudden, they're taking the streets and in a way that scared corporate America. So their answer was, okay, let's double down on wokeness. Forget about whether anybody's buying our products or not. Let's just double down on that. And so we got away from really what has made us a success. This, as a country, we are a meritocracy. Part of capitalism is being a meritocracy. In other words, you don't care if someone's black, white, purple or blue. You don't care if they're male or female or how they identify. It's frankly irrelevant. All you care about 
is whether or not this person can make you money. And if they can't make you money, then all the other stuff, you know what, it's all by the wayside. And really, that's what the movement should be about, because then you're actually colorblind. Now, we can split hairs and say, you know what, some kids are growing up with less opportunity. And I don't disagree with that. I think there's a lot of communities all around America, Baltimore, I'm looking at you, that need to reform themselves. And they need better leadership. And they need to do a better job at electing the right people to ensure that they get the right opportunities. But those opportunities are not filled with handouts. Those opportunities mean you got to work hard. You might have to work triply hard. You're going to have to work harder than anybody in your family ever worked, right? Because maybe you are starting at a disadvantage. But I will say this. This is the only country on the face of this planet where you're going to have a chance to do that, where hard work will be rewarded. So don't try and tell us otherwise. It really, this gets my Irish up. Speaking of getting my Irish up, wow, did you guys see the video that came in over the weekend? I'm sure you did. This was just heartbreaking. Um, Lots of fires in Dublin, and the the people were saying, you know what? We don't like the direction Ireland is heading in. And it came after the, the tragedy in the morning in which some deranged man who was an immigrant from Algiers identified as Muslim. By the way, they wouldn't tell you that in the press. In the official Irish press, like this all came out on social media. Nobody wanted to talk about this because you see the government didn't want people directing any kind of frustration at the population. But it's happened a few times in Ireland. I mean, you've seen events like this all over, all over Europe, unfortunately. I mean, Sweden is, is a very different place, especially for women right now, because of all the Syrians that they brought in. But the Irish people in Dublin... We're like, wait a second, like we, we can't even have our, our voices be heard here. And so they took to the streets and they lit the immigration building on fire. They were screaming out. There were chants of out. I'm not ever saying that violence in, in any way, shape or form is the answer. Fortunately, I don't think anybody was seriously hurt. But they wanted to get that message out because nobody was willing to talk about it. The government was like, OK, nothing to see here. And in fact, there was because that deranged individual stabbed three little kids, and two adults outside school that morning. And so all I would say is, you know what, if government can't protect us, that's when people start to say, okay, do we have to protect ourselves? That's when you start to see these riots in the streets. That's when you see things really start to change. Even election-wise, look at what happened in the Netherlands over the weekend as well. They elected a guy who, whose entire platform is anti-immigrant, who doesn't want Muslims there. And, and I'm not saying that, you know, like we have to be very careful, right, how we characterize these things, because freedom of religion is one of our great strengths in America. But we also need to be able to assimilate with one another. We need to take the best of every single culture and make ourselves better as Americans. We can't reduce ourselves to operating differently because that particular culture wants us to. I mean, I feel very passionately about women and women's rights and young girls being educated and, and having every opportunity in the world. Well, if your culture doesn't believe in that, then we're going to have a problem, right? If you think it's okay to, I don't even want to say, I'm just not even going to go there, but you know where I'm going. If you think that's okay, then guess what? You're not part of the uh, sort of working world in, in this time period. It's 2023. And the West has one, which means women have equal opportunity and women are not property. And you can't do 
what what's been happening in Sweden. Let's just say that. Okay, it, it, it can't happen. And you're going to go to jail for it. And we're not going to sit there and say, well, we want to be tolerant of your culture. No, no, no. Like this, you have to draw a line in the sand. Okay, we need realism. We need realists. We need realists as CEOs. We need realists on the board of directors. And we need realists in the White House, for goodness sakes. Not pansies like Joe Biden who beg and plead and say, oh, gee, I'm really sorry. I'm just, I'm so apologetic. I, I, I'm, I'm upset with myself for suggesting that maybe Hamas, a known terror organization, might be lying when they're talking about the casualties in Palestine. One of you writes, Jose, on Facebook that it's a socialist agenda and their goal is to destroy America. I think that in some way, shape, or form, yes, that exists. But if you're Joe Biden, all you care about is getting elected, right? I mean, he just, he wants to survive. He wants to, he wants to survive the next week and next month. If you're Kamala Harris, she just wants to be president. So maybe she doesn't want him to survive. I mean, these people are just such selfish politicians and unrealistic. Look, you know, they've been trying for the two-state solution forever, actually, to his credit. Donald Trump and his son-in-law got the closest, the absolute closest. But the reality is we've been um, struggling with this for, for some time, for some time. In fact, let me see if I have a clip of this I can show you. Because even, even Bill Clinton, if you can dare to watch him, but this is years ago, he was talking overseas I think this is like 2007. He was like, I tried, I tried, I tried to get the 2000s. I tried to get the, the two-state solution. And in the end, it was the Palestinians that screwed it up. Let's take a listen. I mean, the four indictments, and maybe there'll be more. I don't not, know. These people definitely are not Bill Clinton. But they're counterproductive. <laughs> so if you chart it out, it's an escalation, is what I'm saying. <laughs> but maybe we're So seeing. what's next? After, you know, try to put you in prison for the rest of your life. That's not working. This so, is Decker like, Carlson. Don't they have to kill you now? With Donald I've, Trump. I think the people and there in are country, some that are suggesting uh, that we might actually actually see Tucker Carlson potentially get on it. the ticket. You Could know, he be yeah. VP get it. pick? When somebody to gets Donald indicted, Trump, you pull them. I'm not so down. sure about when that. Somebody gets indicted, but you announce. Let's, um, uh, let's find our way back to Bill Clinton. As good as that is, and we can talk about that because I know you're very interested in who the VP pick might be. I think this is on the table, but I'm not entirely sure how realistic it would be. But hey, here we go, Bill Clinton. When they decide to rocket Israel, they insinuate themselves in the hospitals, in the schools, He's talking about Hamas. in the highly populous areas, and they are smart. <laughs> so they try. So they wait, wait, wait. They so they try to put the Israelis in a position of either not defending themselves or killing innocents. They're good at it. They're smart. They've been doing this a long time. Look, I don't agree. I killed myself to give the Palestinians a state. I had a deal they turned down that would have given them all of Gaza, wait, wait, all of Gaza between 96 and 97 percent of the West Bank, compensating land in Israel, you name it. Then when Mr. Fayyad was the prime minister of the Palestinians on the West Bank, we had all the Muslim countries willing to normalize relations with Israel if they had recognized the Palestinian state. Did I agree with the Israeli policy? No. My whole life I did that. 
Hillary got the only three face-to-face -face meetings between Mr. Netanyahu and the leader of the Palestinians, President Abbas. Okay, so that was actually from seven years ago, not 2007, but seven years ago. So he was probably on the campaign trail pushing for Hillary. And he was making the point that, you know what, he tried and he tried and he tried. They don't really want it, right? Because if they get it, then they lose what they were fighting about in the first place. Think about that. Think how vested these Hamas terrorists are in their agenda. Think of how invested Iran is in keeping Palestine down, right? The more you keep them down, the more you infuriate them the more you give rise to this extremism that serves you well if you're Iran. Don't forget the Wall Street Journal reporting that Iran greenlit the attack. I mean, it's disgusting, all of it. And I don't know what the solution is, but it can't be for us to bend over and, and play dead. We have to stick up for ourselves and our culture and the values that we hold dear as Americans, in the Judeo-Christian tradition in which we're about positivity? We, we have a, a greater ideal that we want to live up to. I mean, these, these are good foundations. We need more community. We need more family. We need more meritocracy. And we need to help each other out. But we don't need, we definitely don't need the hate it's going on in Gaza right now, for sure. Listen, it, it's really good. See, you know, Leslie, you got me all worked up. <laughs> all worked up indeed. Because it's all related, right? When you think about BLM or CRT or DEI or ESG, these things are all related, everyone, to what's going on. And if we don't wake up and deal with it, if we don't say, you know, what, I'm not going to shop at, at Target if I don't like their tuck-it swimsuits or their... <laughs> or proud nutcracker every time I say that I laugh. Um, I, I'm not going to go to the Disney film. I'm not going to watch Fox News when they start drinking that Kool-Aid. And I'm not, I'm not um, going to allow my family to be subjected to this idea that somehow we're not good enough, we're not worthy because of the color of your skin. By the way, you break it down, it gets really dicey, right? Because... For some reason, the Indian population, the Asian population isn't as well thought of as the black population. I mean, it gets really, really messy. And I think in a way, that's what they want. Those Marxists, those socialists that do want to destroy everything for their own power, their own gain, that's the direction they're in. It's so good to see you guys. It really is. Um, I'm seeing so many familiar faces. Hey, Mike, thanks. Good to see you back here. And uh, Dave as well. Good to see you guys. You've been so generous, by the way. If I don't always uh, put you up on screen, um, forgive me for that. It's, it's a lot to, uh, to manage, but uh, it, it really is great to, to have you here. If you haven't gone to the podcast, I'll put this in here in the notes, just Apple Podcasts or Spotify, it would be great if you would go over there and rate the podcast, it's the Trish Regan Show. Five stars, five stars only. Thank you very much. <laughs> five stars. And then, you know, feel free to, to leave a message. I do check all of the comments here below. And, and it's thanks to you. I mean, we've just started this thing in the last year and we've been building one by one by one. So spread the word, tell your friends, I'm here. Love seeing you all.
God bless America. God bless all of you. We'll talk again tomorrow.